Hello everyone and welcome to a Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's Monday podcast episode. Now I'm coming to you pretty late on a Monday, so for some of you it's probably Tuesday by now, but for me it is still Monday and I'm getting this episode out. So uh, thank you all for being here. And we were talking about something today that is very relevant to my current life because we just bought an indoor sauna. Now I will explain kind of the reasons why we ended up getting the sauna and our experience thus far, but it is quite the thing. Like it feels amazing to go in a sauna and then immediately after take a cold shower, there is just this immediate like buzz effect that you just feel honestly on cloud nine. Like it's great. So I would highly recommend doing a sauna if you can. We don't have anywhere around us that had a sauna, so we just decided to, you know, bite the bullet and purchase one ourselves. And it has really uh, paid off so far. We just got it, so it's pretty new, but um, we are excited to use it in the future. So I am excited for you all to hear about the benefits and the... I'm going to talk about the benefits and the risks of like overdoing the sauna, but then a little bit about the history of sauna use and where in the world uh, people use the sauna regularly. So I hope you enjoyed the episode and let's get on into it. Okay, so first we're going to get into just very basic. What is a sauna? So uh, I got this definition from like a medical website. It says saunas are a therapeutic heated enclosed wood lined room with many different options for benches, seating, design, and size or capacity. The intense heat generated within the sauna encourages detoxifying perspiration, relief from aches and pains, and deep relaxation. These are just a fraction of the benefits that saunas deliver. And we're going to get into more of the benefits of saunas later, but that is the general just definition of what a sauna actually is. So there's three different types of saunas. One is a dry sauna, one is a wet sauna, and one is an infrared sauna. Now, some people break these up a little bit more into kind of the type of heating elements. So some people use like a fire powered sauna. So you'll have like a wood fire with rocks over it to heat the sauna. Um, That requires having a chimney out of it. Then there's electrical or electric powered um, saunas, which are pretty common today in the indoor saunas because you don't need a chimney or a wooden fire. So they're just a lot easier. And then the dry and wet saunas, whether they're wood powered or electrical powered, um, they're the same exact thing other than with a wet sauna, you can pour water over the rocks and make it more humid in the sauna, which increases the perceived temperature. So those are like the different types and we'll get into some of those. Um, but let's talk about my experience so far with the sauna. So I kept hearing about these health benefits. I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast a lot and he always talks about doing the sauna. He's had multiple doctors on who are kind of experts in that area about like the difference between dry versus wet versus infrared saunas. And, you know, he talks about doing a cold plunge after and how you need to bring your body back to, you know, a colder 
core body temperature after this extreme heat. So I had heard a lot about saunas recently and I started researching all the health benefits, you know, again, we'll get into more of the specifics, but I kept hearing like, you know, lower instances of dementia and Alzheimer's and heart disease and all these things and um, how healthy they were. So then eventually I got a Costco membership and we were looking on the Costco site and they had a good like round barrel sauna that you can just buy online on Costco and have it shipped right to our house. So not only was it convenient, but I had just kept, we had just kept hearing about all of these, you know, health benefits. So eventually, you know, we thought about it for a number of weeks before we actually committed to getting it because it was pretty pricey. And on top of the price of the sauna, the like electrical connection was not already there in our basement. So we had to get an electrician out there to rewire a new outlet and create this special cable. My husband, my husband <laughs> kind of coordinated all that. And like the electrician had to make his own custom cable. And, you know, there were some intricacies there that I would not have been able obviously to do myself. So we had to pay an electrician and then we had to buy the sauna. So it was not the cheapest venture, but I think it's really going to last us a long, long time, like as long as we have the house and just really add to our health routines. So we just got it like last week, last Wednesday. So we've only had it for about five days. We've done two sessions so far and the routine that we're kind of doing, and we'll talk about the frequency that you should be using a sauna, but we did we do two sessions usually, which you go in for 15 minutes, we pour water on the rocks, then we come out, we cold shower, we sit around and relax for 15 minutes to just keep your core body temperature at like a normal range. Then you go back in the sauna for 15 minutes, then you cold shower, then again you do like a relaxing 15 minutes. So it's kind of an ordeal, it takes a while, but um, so far, like honestly the like it's almost like a high you get after you do the cold shower it is amazing like i could just sit there on the couch for an hour just in this super deep relaxation which was in that definition of a, of a sauna that it usually helps with detoxifying relief from aches and pains and a deep relaxation i don't think i've felt that deep of a relaxation probably ever so, so far for us, it has done very well. However, my husband was feeling pretty tired in the days following the last time we did this on us. So I think, well, here's the other thing. We put a thermometer in the sauna and it said that it was getting up to about 150 degrees, which is kind of on the low end of what people like to do. I had heard a lot of people and all the studies they do, people go between 185 and 195 degrees. Some people go higher, but it's not really recommended. And so we were like, oh, I think we need to try to get it hotter. And we were, you know, in there for a while. Anyway, I was like, this does feel extremely hot. And we decided that we should take in an outside, like a candy thermometer inside the sauna 
And it turns out we have been sauning at like 185 or 190 degrees. And you're kind of supposed to build up as you go. We thought we were building up. We thought we were going at like 150. Turns out we jumped right in at 190 about uh, for multiple sessions. So it might have been too much too fast. And he's like kind of going to step back a little bit and then slowly build up. So that was a lesson learned there. The thermometer inside there was not accurate. He tapped it a couple times as it said 150 and it jumped up like 10 degrees. So, you know, the inside thermometer is not to be trusted always. But we, other than that, have had a great experience so far with the sauna. So I wanted to just really understand all of the intricacies of why people use this, where in the world they use this, what traditions there are surrounding the sauna, and then really the history of sauna usage. So, um, okay, so let's go over the history of like the traditional sauna. The infrared saunas um, are kind of newer and we'll go over some of that, but what I'm mostly interested in is like the traditional dry or wet sauna. So, the sauna was invented by the Finnish over 2,000 years ago, and it was originally used as a form of a bath, and it was believed to kind of clean the body. It was believed to be a, a sterile environment. So a lot of times in Finland, back kind of earlier when it was invented, oftentimes women gave birth in the sauna because it was seen as sterile. Now, traditionally, the entire structure was made of logs and rocks, and it was heated by a central fire. However, there were no chimneys in these original saunas, so it was very, very smoky inside because of the fire that was, you know, emitting smoke and there was nowhere for it to go. So that seems like it could not be good for you. I'm surprised it caught on after that, but maybe some of the smoke was able to escape through like the cracks in the side. Um, so it usually back with these old traditional structures, it took a half a day for the sauna to heat and it could provide heat for 12 hours once it was heated up and ready to go. But compare that to now, it takes our sauna about half hour to get up to like 190 degrees. So we have come a long way in that uh, technology. So then the Finnish started using, well, so the Finnish used hot stones as a source of heat then. Still could be, those stones could be heated by a wooden fire, but then they started pouring water on it to raise the perceived temperature inside the sauna. This steam has its own word in Finnish. It's called, I think I'm saying this right, loily. And that word specifically means the steam that comes off the rocks when you pour water on the rocks in the sauna. So very, very specific Finnish word. Okay, then as the industrial revolution started happening, metal chimneys were added to the saunas to vent the smoke. So this was big because the smoke now had somewhere to go, no longer had to be smoky on the inside. And then it says that the wood-fired sauna uh, evolved to a sauna that integrated the fire with a large bit of stones that, that surrounded the heater. And then, um, so this is interesting because now that remains the choice, it says, for a lot of modern outdoor saunas, especially in Finland, which is the wood-fired sauna, but then there's a bed of stones around it. Um, because you don't have to have electricity or anything, and you can 
essentially have an unlimited heat source and unlimited loily or the the steam so it's very easy to heat with a wooden fire and the hot stones around it so i think i actually misspoke when i said that hot stones were used as a source of heat and water was poured on them i don't think the fire was actually heating those at one at one point so um, it kind of progressed to then integrating both of those heat sources into one during the industrial revolution Okay, the first electric sauna was introduced in 1938. So this has many benefits because you're able to control the heat to a much more accurate level than before with a, a wood-fired um, or a wooden fire heated sauna. You can also preheat the sauna without making a fire, so it's super convenient. Like for us, we just go downstairs, we literally we crank a knob for, you know, it says one hour, and it just starts heating up. So very very convenient this also opened it up to indoor saunas because you didn't need to have chimneys or a place to vent the smoke and then i saw this fact that was in on this website that said you know it's so convenient that in finland there are more uh saunas than there are cars so you see this fact a lot of places that in finland there are more saunas than cars and i was like is that is that really true? Because I kept seeing it on all these websites. So I independently Googled how many cars there were and there was like 5 million. And then I Googled how many saunas there are and there's 2 million. And apparently this fact has just been over dramatized and like spread on Pinterest. And it's not actually true that there are more saunas than cars. There are definitely more cars than saunas, but that does not take away the fact that in Finland, saunas are extremely popular there's about one roughly one per household so still a very impressive number of saunas but nowhere near like more saunas than cars so i don't really know where that came from but um a quick administrative note that leads into this story i have separated my instagram accounts so i usually or i used to uh point you all towards you know, on Instagram, just Abby Rancor, but I have split my personal and my podcast Instagrams and I made just a millennial learns Instagram. And I want to do like a fact of the day, a fun fact. It doesn't have to be related to the episode, but today I wanted to do a sauna one. And I was about to put as the fun fact of the day that there are more saunas in Finland than cars. And it's something, it just didn't feel right to me. And I had to go double check and I'm glad I did because apparently that is definitely not true. So, um, yeah, that was interesting that that's just very widespread and completely false. Okay. So the next thing I wanted to research a little bit was who in the world kind of uses saunas. I know they're pretty popular in multiple traditions, obviously the Finnish I've talked a lot about and the Finnish sauna is kind of the staple of what we see today as like a traditional um, sauna. So I wanted to, so I knew that they used it, but I wanted to see other uh, traditions or people in the world that use saunas. So I found this website called saunasamurai.com, which uh, lays out five different cultures that use saunas. So the first one, number one, obviously is the Finnish. It says the Finnish sauna plays a cr crucial part in Finnish culture with on average almost one sauna per household. 
It's commonly believed that Finnish saunas or rooms that resemble modern day saunas have been around for thousands of years. Um, let's see, the modern day Finnish sauna very much resembles what most people think a sauna is, typically a room or separate building with wooden walls and a wooden ceiling. A stove uh, is used to heat the room. Water can be used to regulate humidity. So all the things we've kind of been talking about. What has made the sauna so popular in Finland is that it allows people to escape the cold weather, if only temporarily. Finland, unsurprisingly, has also always had a large supply of wood, which can be used to not only warm up saunas, but also to build them. Nudity in a Finnish sauna is very common. While a small towel is acceptable, being naked in a sauna in Finland is essentially the norm. So very, very different culturally there. I feel like it would definitely not be accepted here to go nude into a sauna. But there it's just commonplace. Okay, number two is the Russian banya. Uh, or banya. The Russian banya ha has been an important part of Russian culture for many centuries. It is essentially the Russian version of a traditional sauna or steam room, although the word can also refer to a bathhouse. It says just like a Finnish sauna, um, a traditional Russian sauna is wood-fired, is a wood-fired dry sauna. A stove with sauna rocks is used to warm up and humidify the room. So it's pretty much almost the same thing. Um, when it's nice and warm in the steam room and everyone is sweating, a uh, venic is used to clean and massage the body. What that is, is basically soft, it's a bunch of soft tree branches, dried in winter and fresh in summer. It can also be used to gently beat the body from head to toe. Okay, so that was the Russian version. Then there's a Turkish version, it's called a Turkish hammam, H-A-M-M-A-M. Also known as the Turkish bath, it's a Middle Eastern type of public bathing, cleansing, and relaxing. It is strongly embedded in Turkish and, and Islamic culture for many centuries. When the Ottoman Empire conquered Constantinople from the Romans in 15th century, the Roman style of public bathing slowly merged with the Islamic style of public bathing. An authentic Turkish hammam experience typically consists of three different steps. As such, a Turkish hammam would typically consists of three different rooms where these steps are performed. The first step is to warm the body before the cleansing process starts. The second step involves washing and cleansing in a warm room while lying on a flat surface. And the last step involves cooling off in a room of a much lower temperature. Okay, so very interesting. Uh, number four is the Icelandic spa. It says this may surprise some, but Iceland has quite a strong outdoor pool culture. So this is like not really the same thing. This is talking about natural hot springs. Um, but it also says that some of these Icelandic spots have massage rooms, saunas, and restaurants. But it's more like public bathing in a hot spring. So it's not exactly a sauna. Um, and then the fifth one is Japanese Sento. Cleaning the body is an important duty for those who serve Buddha. As such, Japan has always had a very specific bathing culture that exists today. A traditional Japanese sento is a temple-style bathhouse used for public bathing and socializing. It says once you've paid the fee to enter the sento, you take off your clothes and put them in a locker. You then need to wash your body using one of the available faucets before you can enter the warm bath where you can relax with your fellow bathers. Depending on the sento you visit, there may also be a massage room and a sauna to uh, complement the experience. 
So again, that one's more like a public bath that could include a sauna, where the first three I feel like are, are really truly sauna experiences. So from what I can gather, it's most popular in uh, Turkey, Russia, and Finland. So that's kind of the role it plays around the world. Now, the next thing I wanted to look up is how often should you sauna? Now, this website says that most specialists recommend one 20-minute session one to three times a week for maximum benefits without any damage to your health. Uh, it says you can adjust the number of sessions during one visit. So if you're going to do it like once a week, you can do up to three sessions. But if you're using the sauna like two times a week, you want to only limit it to two sessions. And if you're doing it daily, you should not do any more than one session at a time. So a session is like going in for 15 minutes and then taking a cold shower. That would be one session. You don't want to do like two sessions every day. So I think that's where we were overdoing it <laughs> even right away because we we're doing it pretty high temperature two sessions at a time and we did that like uh like a wednesday and a friday so um it might be a little a little much okay it says keep in mind that excessive sessions can cause the opposite effect and weaken your body also it is essential to take a cold shower or go to the fresh air between the two sessions because your body needs to cool down so that is yeah, that's the good feeling part too, is the cold shower. Like the sauna feels okay, but it does get a little bit desperate at the end. I feel like by the end of 15 minutes, I'm kind of struggling to like, I want want to get out. But once I take the cold shower, like it's just euphoric. So the cold shower is really where you get your uh, health benefits, but also your you just feel so good. Okay. So let's talk about the possible health benefits and then risks of sauna use. So this is from medicalnewstoday.com. Again, I'm going to fully link all of this, uh, all these articles so you can read it more and they will be in the description, but um, let's talk about the health benefits. So this says, regardless of how a haunted, uh, uh, oh my gosh, talking is not the best right now. It's 9.30 p.m. and my talking skills have left me. Okay, regardless of how a sauna is heated or the humidity level, the effects on the body are similar. When a person sits in a sauna, their heart rate increases and blood vessels widen. This increases circulation in a similar way to, uh, to low to moderate exercise, depending on the duration of sauna use. Heart rates may increase to 100 to 150 beats a minute while using a sauna, and here are the health benefits that it can bring. One of them is easing pain because you have increased circulation. One of them is reducing stress levels, um, again, because of improved circulation, which can promote relaxation and improve feelings of well-being. Uh, it can improve cardiovascular health, which really can stem from the reduction in stress uh, when using a sauna. There was a study conducted in Finland of about 2300 men and uh, they have a lower risk of dying from cardiovascular disease than people who did not use the sauna. Uh, there's more studies that are cited but basically it says participants who use the sauna two to three times a week were 22% less likely to experience sudden cardiac death than those who only used it once a week. 
So there is some, there are some studies that link the frequency to health as well. So we, as our ultimate goal, would try to use it three times a week probably, but I think we need to build up to like those sessions. Okay. Um, sauna use can also be associated with lower blood pressure and enhanced heart function. Okay. Uh, it can, let's see. Um, Okay, some skin problems can go away when using the sauna. It says a dry sauna dries the skin during use, so some people with psoriasis may find their symptoms reduced while using a sauna, but uh, people with atopic dermatitis can find that it worsens, so that just kind of depends on your uh, skin type. Asthma seems to be improved with sauna use. It says people with asthma may find relief. From some symptoms as a result of using a sauna, it can help open the airways, loosen phlegm, and reduce stress. There is a lower risk of Alzheimer's according to some studies. Um, it's not definitively proven, um, but you know there's more research that needs to be done. Okay, health risks and precautions to take. Some There are some blood pressure risks, it says. So it says switching between the heat of a sauna and the cold water in a swimming pool is not advisable as it can raise blood pressure, especially if you have like high blood pressure already. Um, let's see, a sauna may, you, may also cause blood pressure to fall, so people with low blood pressure should talk to their doctor to make sure it is safe. Uh, people, who've had, people who have recently had a heart attack should also talk to their doctor first. Okay, then kind of the most obvious one is a dehydration risk because you're sweating a lot and you lose a lot of fluids. So people with like kidney diseases or, you know, people who are at risk of higher dehydration, uh, not recommended to use. Okay, precautions to take. It says to avoid alcohol, limit the time spent in a sauna, be drinking plenty of water. If you're sick, don't use it. Um, if you're pregnant, don't use it. Well, actually it says women who are pregnant or those with medical conditions like low blood, low blood pressure should ask their doctor before sauna use. From what I've read, there are some people and a lot of Finnish people who are pregnant and use the sauna. However, like in the US, it's not really recommended. They also have linked like high core body temperature to neural tube defects, I believe, um, in developing babies. So. You know, probably safer to just not use it, but um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Okay, let's get into a little bit about the infrared saunas because they're just kind of so different from the traditional sauna that I did a lot of research on for my own personal research to decide, you know, the sauna that I wanted. So, uh, infrared saunas or FAR infrared saunas, F-I-R-S as the acronym, have been recommended for people with mobility problems and health issues that make it difficult for them to be in the high temperatures that are normally found in a sauna. So the idea of this is that the infrared light still penetrates like your tissue and still makes you sweat, but the physical temperature of the room is much lower. Like you can sit in there at, I think it's like 130 degrees and still be sweating because of the infrared but you don't feel like you're so hot. Like it's not that kind of desperate feeling that you would get in the dry or wet sauna. Um, there have been some studies that find improvements in the types of 
in some types of high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, and cardiovascular problems. And a lot of people actually who are kind of really into saunas and fitness and stuff will take like their exercise bike and put it in the infrared sauna because again, it's not that hot of a room. You can do the exercise and you get a sweat as the infrared is like penetrating your uh, tissue. And so you get like this deep sweat without feeling as uncomfortable. So, um, that is the research that I did about saunas. I'm sure there's a lot more to get into and all these very specific studies, but just as an overview of like what saunas do, why we want one, uh, what the health benefits are, what you should watch out for. Though that is the research that I did for saunas and I hope you found it interesting and useful. And thank you all for listening to this week's episode. I'll be back on Thursday for another state episode. We are cranking through the states and I'm going to kind of double up on like some Mondays and Thursdays to try to get through those as quickly as possible um, for next year. So, or so, so at the end of the year, we're done with the states basically and we're a little bit behind. So um, expect more of those in the near future. Also go follow my Instagram, a millennial learns. Uh, I will link that in the show notes as well because I'm building that page and I wanted it to be separate from my personal account. You know, I was trying to like figure out the balance of posting like podcast uh, graphics with like personal things. I was like, hey, here's a picture of me at the lake. Also go check out my episode on saunas. I just feel like it didn't go together that well. So I'm glad to have these separate accounts again. So go follow that and I will see you for the next episode. Thank you all for listening and I will see you later. Bye, everyone.